All right, all right. Hello, Parkview. I just want to say hello to everybody uh, this weekend. Glad you've made the choice to be around here at Parkview. I want to welcome everybody at all campuses, everybody around Orland Park, everybody at Homer Glen, New Linux, everybody who's watching online. Uh, we are still in this series called Summer at Parkview. Uh, for this weekend and also next weekend, we'll still be in Summer at Parkview. But then I, I want to let you know that the summer is kind of starting to wind down, and two weeks from now, uh, we will be starting into a brand new series, and Pastor Tim is going to be back with us just two weeks from now, starting a brand new series, and it's called I Love My Church, and we're going to be talking about all of the things going on around Parkview and what God is doing with us and in us and through us, and it's going to be fantastic. So don't, don't forget, two weeks from now, Pastor Tim's going to be back. I know he's amped up. He's ready to teach and lead into the fall. And so don't miss that. But today, if it's okay with you, we're going to just go ahead and jump right into our study. So if you have a Bible, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 is where we're going to be if you have a Bible or a smartphone or tablet or something like that. And while you're locating Luke chapter 5, I just want to say a couple of things. And uh, the first would be that for me, one of my greatest joys and some of my greatest excitement in life is helping people come closer and closer to Jesus. That, that's just what I love to do. That's what fires me up. And the thing I love about Parkview is that's a lot of our heartbeat around here as well. And of course we do preaching and we do worship and, and we have campuses and rooted and small groups and kids ministries and student ministries and all kinds of things like that. But, but a huge part of why we do what we do is so that people can come closer and closer to Jesus and accept Jesus into their life. That's why we do what we do. And in Luke chapter five today, we're gonna study a guy named Peter. And a lot of times in Luke chapter five, they, they call him Simon, but they also call him Peter. And the thing I love about him is that he, he is just great at helping people come closer and closer to Jesus. And so today we're literally going to look at some of Peter's very first steps of faith. I mean, literally, this is just when he is starting to follow Jesus. And the thing about Peter, some of you know this guy, he did incredible things for the kingdom of God and, and with Jesus. And that's why I want us to look at him because I believe, I really do, I believe for all of us, there's something inside of us, whether we're young or old, whether we've been around church for a long time or just a little bit, there's something inside of us that wants to make a difference with our lives, right? I mean, we want our lives to count for something beyond ourselves. And so that's why we wanna look at Peter and his life today, because it gives a really good roadmap and kind of blueprint on how we can really make our lives count for God and his kingdom. So Luke chapter five, I'm going to read from my Bible it's also going to be up on the screen if you have your Bible or smartphone or tablet. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, One day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, 
Now, the Lake of Gennesaret is also like the Sea of Galilee. Maybe that's what it's called in your Bible. It just depends on what version you're reading. And we've studied the Sea of Galilee some over the last few weeks. That's where Jesus spent a lot of his life. That's where he did a lot of his ministry. He would travel by boat around to little different places in the Sea of Galilee. So that's what he's doing. And, and when he's there, it says the people were crowding around him to listen to the word of God. And so what he did is he saw uh, at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats belonging to Simon, that's Peter, and he asked him to put out a little ways from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. So, so just get your mind around what's happening here. Jesus gets back to this place in the Lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, and there's so many people crowding around him. They're kind of maybe pushing him back into the water. So he jumps in one of these boats and he goes out a little ways into the water so that then he can speak back to the people who are still on the land. And when he had finished speaking, he says, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, who is Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch people or you will reach men. So they pulled up their boats on the shore and they left everything and they followed him. Incredible, incredible story. I want us to pray and then we're gonna pull out some principles for our lives today as well. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this story in the life of Peter and James and John. God, I pray today that, that you would take this story and you would take my words and you would make them exactly what we need to hear in, in every single one of our lives. And God, we would be challenged and inspired today to make our one and only lives count for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So let's dive into this. If you're taking some notes today, which I would encourage you to do for yourself or your kids or your grandkids, here's the first thing I want us uh, to realize. Uh, that is this, that if you are available, God will use you. If you're available in your life, God will use you. Now, how many of you know that it was not Peter's fishing abilities that led Jesus to his boat? I mean, if it was all about ability, Jesus would have never chosen to get into the boat of someone who had fished all night and not caught anything. That wouldn't have been the person he chose. You see, the thing that makes Peter stand out in this section of Scripture is his availability. His availability, not his ability. Remember again, put yourself in this story. Peter has just fished all night 
and not caught anything. He's probably tired. He's probably a little bit depressed. The, the Bible says that he's on the shore and he's washing his nets. He's getting ready to go home and relax, you know, and maybe watch some ESPN or something like that, you know, watch a fishing show or something like that. And while he's doing that, Jesus asks him to take him out on his boat so that he can speak to the crowd. Now, at that point, you know, Peter could have said something like, you know what, hey, here's the deal. Could, could, could you just find another boat? Could, could you find someone else? There's lots of boats around here. Could you just find another boat? Because I'm really tired. I've been fishing all night. You know, my arms are sore. I stink. I just need to go home. Peter could have made all kinds of excuses to Jesus, but he didn't. He didn't. You know what he did? Peter said, yes, here's my boat. And guess what? Jesus came into his day and changed his life. You catch that? He came into his day and he changed his life. And it wasn't Peter's ability. It was his availability that allowed Jesus to use him. Let me ask you something, Parkview, and this is just for you. This is just for you to think about. How available are you? How available are you at this season of your life? I mean, do you have your life all planned out? Do you have your career all planned out? Your college all planned out? Your family all planned out? Your finances all planned out? Is your whole life pretty much set in stone? Or are you open to Jesus jumping into your boat? Right? Are you open to him jumping into your boat if he wanted to? I mean, let's just do this. On a scale of one to 10, right? Just rank yourself. A, a one would be, I'm not really open at all. I've got all kinds of things going on. I'm super busy. I've got stuff I need to be doing. And then a 10 would be, you know what, Todd? I'm pretty open. I, I actually don't have much going on this week or even next week or next month. Todd, I basically have very little going on in my life. So I'm incredibly open to him. Where would you be? Where would you be on a scale of one to 10 with Jesus jumping in to your boat and giving you some guidance in your life? You see, here's the thing. For me, I know dozens and dozens and dozens of people who are incredibly talented, very sharp, very intelligent, and they desperately want to make a difference for God and his kingdom. The only problem is they can't get past this first step, availability. They're not available. They're, they're just, they're too busy for God to interrupt their day or their life. And I'm promising you, I'm telling you this, Parkview, no matter who you are, young or old, if you've been around church a long time or just a little bit, I promise you that if you will just be available, God will use you. He will. If you're available, he'll use you. Here's the second thing I want us to realize from this story uh, today, and that is if you listen, God will direct you. If you're available, he'll use you, but if you will listen to him, he will actually direct you in your life. Don't, don't you think Peter <laughs> had to have been a little bit surprised because Jesus asked him to put out into deep water? He had to be surprised with that. And, and, and what Peter, we know he's a little bit surprised because Peter says this out loud. Here's what he says out loud in verse five. He says, listen, Jesus, 
We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. So Peter says out loud, I'm not sure that's going to work. Well, I'm not sure we should put out into deep water. That's what he says out loud to Jesus. But even though he says that out loud, as I look kind of behind the scenes, I have to think he's saying other things privately in his mind. Don't sometimes we say things privately in our own minds that we don't say out loud? I think we do that a lot of times to people. Here, here's some of the things I think Peter in his own mind privately, he's saying something like this. You know what? Listen, I know the best time for fishing is at night. That's why we were out all night. But here Jesus is suggesting we go out during the day. Peter had to think, you know what? I grew up here. I know where the fish are. The fish aren't out deep. The fish are in close. That's why that's where we were fishing. He had to be thinking things like that. Peter, you see, Peter knew the Sea of Galilee like the back of his hand. And he had to be thinking in his mind, what does this carpenter turned preacher know about fishing? I mean, Peter was the expert here, right? This is Peter's world, the world of fishing. I mean, he spent 50, 60, 70 hours a week probably around the Sea of Galilee fishing. Yet when Jesus said to him, put out into deep water and let your nets down for a catch, guess what? Peter did it. He did it. Peter may not have fully understood or even agreed with Jesus' guidance and Jesus' direction. And quite frankly, he may not have been in the mood. I mean, he had just fished all night long and not caught anything. He may not have been in the mood to receive the directions from Jesus. But here's what I want us to realize. If you're taking notes, take a look at this. Peter allowed the wisdom of Jesus to override his own personal experience and expertise. Catch that, he allowed Jesus' words and wisdom to override even what he thought and knew was best, his own experience and his own expertise. And the simple fact that, that Peter was willing to follow Jesus' direction, that should teach us, Parkview, that Jesus' words, Jesus' guidance, Jesus' direction on any subject, in any field, in any area of our lives, it should not be ignored. Now, I know as soon as I say that, that that clashes a lot with our culture and with our mindset. Because let me just ask you this, how many of you around all of our campuses this weekend, how many of you just love to take directions? I mean, you just love to take directions. And in fact, you would say, Todd, here's what I love. I love for people to tell me what to do. I just love it. I, when people tell me what to do, it's amazing. I love it. No, no, that's not the way it is, right? That's not the way it is for most of us, especially men, right? Can I talk to the men for a moment? And, and the ladies, by the way. Ladies, how many of you have been around a man? recently. Maybe you're married to him. Maybe you're engaged to him. Maybe you're dating him or something like that. And you have been maybe driving around and you have been completely, utterly lost because your man doesn't want to Google directions or something like that. It's easier for a man oftentimes to just drive around for an hour lost than it is to Google for directions. And here's why. Here's why. Because if we have to ask for directions or Google directions, it means we are lost we're lost. But not only are we lost, we have also, like, what we feel like in our minds is we've lost the game of that we can get there on our own. 
So we don't want to ask. It's the same way, by the way, when we're, you know, trying to put together the barbecue grill or something like that. If we have to take out directions on how to put together the barbecue grill, then we have lost the game of I can put together the barbecue grill without any directions. We've lost the game. At Christmas time, when you're trying to put together toys for your kids, if you have to pull out the directions on how to put together those toys, then you've lost. Even at Christmas time, you've lost the, the game of I can put together these toys on my own. If you have to get the directions on how to use your new cell phone, again, you've lost. You've lost the game of I can figure out my cell phone on my own. You see, here's what I'm saying. There's just something inside of all of us that wants to do it, believes we can do it on our own. We don't like to take directions a lot of times. And you know why? Here's why. It's because taking directions is humbling. It's humbling, isn't it? I mean, to accept and follow someone's directions is to admit that they know where you are going better than you do. Could it be, could it be that this carpenter, this preacher knew more about fishing than a fisherman? Could it be that that's the case? And I know some of you right now are thinking to yourself in your minds, Todd, okay, seriously, I I, I see where you're going with this. Are you suggesting that this carpenter who lived 2,000 years ago knows more about my business than I know about my business? He knows more about computers than I know about computers. He knows more about lawn care than I know about lawn care. He knows more about selling cars or selling mortgages or selling homes than I do. He knows more about the entertainment business or the restaurant business or the banking business or the insurance business than I do. Is that what you're suggesting? And the answer is yes. That that is exactly what I'm suggesting. And that's because this carpenter is Jesus who is God in the flesh. And he is actually the, the intelligent designer and the creator of this world that we live in. And here's what's amazing. He is willing, he is so willing that if you and I will just slow down and listen to him, he is willing to provide direction for our lives. It's incredible. If we're available in our lives, God is going to use us. If if we will listen to him, he's going to give us direction in our lives. And then here's another thing I want us to see. This is the progression of being used by God. Check this out. If you will obey, God will surprise you. If you'll follow his direction and if you will obey his direction in your life, I promise you, when you begin to obey the direction of God in your life, no matter who you are, he will surprise you. Take a look again at at, at this section of scripture. Uh, Peter obeyed and God surely surprised him. Jesus surprised him in incredible ways. It says in verse 9 in your Bibles that they were astonished by the catch. They were blown away by the catch of fish they received. Listen, they caught more fish than they could have ever imagined or dreamed catching. They caught so many fish. The Bible says they nearly sunk two boats. That's a lot of fish. You think about sinking two boats. Peter and his friends, 
James and John, they, they simply were not prepared for the outpouring of God's blessing in their lives. Their nets were not big enough. Their boats were not strong enough to hold all of these fish. Catch this, friends. They loaned their boats to Jesus for a few minutes, and Jesus did in a few minutes what they could have never accomplished in a lifetime. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. Let me say that again. Let me slow it down. They loaned their boats to Jesus for just a few minutes, and Jesus did, in just a few minutes, what they could have never accomplished in a lifetime. It's incredible. You know, there's an old saying that says, you can't outgive God. And I think that's true. You can't outgive God. And I wish I had time today to just share with you to go into detail of how gracious God has been to me and, and my family and our life. When, when I think about all the blessings that God has bestowed upon me and my family, it's oftentimes embarrassing to, to even think about. And to say that God has surprised me would be an incredible, incredible understatement of God's grace in my life. And oftentimes when I start thinking back about God's goodness in my life and how he's blessed me in my life, you know what happens? I find myself in the very same boat as Peter, in the same boat as Peter. Because the Bible says when, when Peter realized the goodness of God, it says in verse 8, it brought him to his knees. It brought him to his knees. When he realized what Jesus was doing in, in his life, it, it just, he fell to his knees. It brought him to his knees. He was completely humbled because in an area that he thought he knew everything, he found out he didn't really know anything. He was completely humbled and he brought him to his knees. Let me ask you this part. You just think about this. This is a question for you to think about in, in your own mind. When was the last time that God's goodness brought you to your knees? When was that? When was the last time that the goodness of God brought you to your knees? When was the last time that you stuck your neck out so far in obedience that it allowed God to surprise you? When was the last time that happened in your life? I promise you, I promise, I promise that if you and I will obey God in our lives, if we'll listen to his direction, if we'll obey God in our lives, he will surprise us. He will surprise you and lead you into places and things that you and I could never have imagined. If you obey, God will surprise you. And then there's one other thing I want us to see, and this is so important. Check this out. When you follow, not if you follow, but when you follow, when you and I follow, God's guidance and leading in our lives, when we're available to him, when you follow, God will transform you. It's true. When we decide to follow after him, God transforms our lives. Again, if you can, for just the next few moments, put yourself into this story. Just imagine that you were there in that day. Peter and James and John had just made the biggest catch of their lives. And not only of their lives, probably in the history of the Sea of Galilee. 
I mean, this was the greatest opportunity these guys had ever had come their way. And I start thinking about it, you know, and thinking about these guys and catching all this fish and nearly sinking two boats. I start thinking, you know what? These guys, after this kind of experience, they're not even going to have to fish anymore. They, they can just write articles about fishing, right? And they can be like guest speakers on fishing wharfs all across the country. And they can design their own line of nets and they can design their own line of boats, you know, guaranteed to hold even the greatest catch. That, that's what they can begin to do. These guys were going to be famous. Do you catch that? Because of what happened, these guys were going to be famous. They weren't even going to have to fish anymore. It was going to be unbelievable. They were going to be famous. And I guess that's why, that, that's why this strikes me so much, this very last verse that we read. This was the greatest opportunity of, their, opportunity of their lives. But then this very last verse we read strikes me so deeply. Take a look again at what this says. So they pulled their boats up on the shore and they left everything and followed him. They left everything. What the world of that day would have like seen as like the Galilean dream. It's, it's the Galilean dream. They left it to just rot on the beach. They left it to rot on the beach. You know why? Because they were being given the opportunity to quit changing hooks and start changing hearts. And guess what? There's no comparison. There's no comparison. Now they were going to be able to reach out to people, not just catch fish. There's no comparison. And here's what these guys learned. This is so huge. This is what I want us to learn today. This is what I'm hoping you'll be talking about later on today and this evening and this next week. Here's what these guys learned that I want us to learn in our lives. Are you ready for this? Here it is. Here it goes. You can't keep the fish. You can't keep the fish. Right, Parkview? You can't keep the fish. All of the promotions of this world, all of the perks of this world, all of the popularity of this world, all of the money, all of the fame, all of the fortune, all the things we can acquire in this world, guess what? It's going to spoil. It is. You can't keep the fish. And here's the thing in your life. I don't know what, I don't know what the fish are. I don't know what your fish are in your life. But here's what I do know. You can't keep them. You can't keep them. I don't know what the fish are, but I know you can't keep them. You can't keep the fish. All of the things of this world are going to spoil. It's only what's done for Jesus Christ and his kingdom that will last into eternity. And I believe with all of my heart that Peter, he longed to do something more with his life than just catch fish. He wanted to do something more than that. And he knew that by following Jesus, his one and only life would count for something special. And you know what? I believe that with all my heart for us today. I believe that there are people all around all of our campuses today, people watching online all around the world. And what we have inside of us is we just want to make a difference. 
We just want our one and only life to count for something beyond ourselves. And our study today from the life of Peter shows us exactly how that can happen. Let's make sure we caught all of this. First of all, if you're available, he will use you. It's not just about all of your abilities or all your gifts or all your talents. Those things are fantastic. But if you are just available to God, he will use you. If you listen to him, he'll direct you. If you're actually humbling yourself enough to listen to the voice and leading of God, he will direct your life, your family, your friendships. If you obey, he'll surprise you. Following after God and his guidance in our life is the greatest adventure you could possibly experience. When we just obey God and his leadings and promptings and his truth in our lives, he will surprise you. There's no doubt about it. And then finally, when you follow him, when you follow him in your life, he will transform your life. He will transform who you are and make your one and only life count for something special. Today, I want us to pull this whole study together with one thing. I'm going to ask maybe the band on, on all of our campuses to come up and, and begin to play and that sort of thing. I'm going to pull this all together, but I want to share with you a little poem. It's a little writing that I don't even know exactly where it originated. I've, I've had this on my desk for like the last 20 years. I've had this on my desk. And this, I think, describes who God wants us to be and who many of us want to be in our lives. It goes like this. It says, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back or, or let up or, or slow down or back away or be still. My past is redeemed, my present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with like low living and sight walking and small planning and smooth knees and colorless dreams and chintzy giving and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, I no longer need prosperity, prom position, promotions, applause, or popularity. I now live by faith, love by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, but my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, diluted, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, and when he comes to get his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear. Amen? Isn't that good? Isn't that true? I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, and I want to use my life to grow his kingdom forward. Let's pray together today. Let's pray together, Parkview. Bow your heads with me. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together and to sing and to study and to learn and to grow. Thank you for the life of Peter that we can look at 
and that we can pull out these principles for our lives. God, thank you, thank you, thank you that if we will just be available to you, you will use us, you will direct us, you will surprise us, and you will transform our lives. God, help us this weekend and this coming week to just take that first step and be available to you. We love you and we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. And everyone says, amen, amen.